So, let's get this thing started. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Continuing to work from home. Yes. Mostly jobless. this. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm on the verge of being jobless. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. funny. I'm actually the odd man out in so many ways because not only am I working from home, mm. I'm working harder than I've ever worked at my job. It's actually more intense than it's ever been working uh, because we've just had so much going on and we absorbed another branch of the paper. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so I've been doing that work at the same time. So I've been designing mm. four to six sections a night. Oh, wow. Yeah, it has not been a slow time for Austin. Oh, not my. one bit. Yeah, we're we've been we've we've been out of work as far as like the actual work. Yeah. Uh, for a while now. I mean, we're just kind of doing backlogged stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know they've uh, they've delayed laying us off for another month, and uh, uh, basically for the next six months we. Uh, have like six separate or six separate possible layoff dates. Mm. Yep, it's great. But anyway, but that, that's okay because you know hopefully there'll be something else lined up. Yeah, I honestly so. wonder if they're ever going to send us back into the office because working yeah. from home, we've been putting out this fantastic product. Everybody's happy. We haven't missed our deadlines. The only reason we've missed our deadlines has been because they were tear gassing people in Little Rock. Yeah. And, you know, at around midnight, you do kind of need to delay the paper to get that in. Um, yeah. So we've been delayed because of news, but we've been everybody's been hitting their deadlines. There's been no glitches. Just personally, I, I kind of hope we stay out. I'm, I'm enjoying this. So Very good. I know that Google and Facebook are going to do exactly that. <laughs> I think I think you're going to see it become pretty normal. Also, it's saving our overhead. I mean, there's still a lot. Of, and we're. Yes. I like being home with my girls. I, I like it. I'm, mm -hmm. And if I'm doing the same product that I always put out, I'm happy. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. There's some warmth. Uh, so we've mm -hmm. all been watching stuff. And so this is going to be mm -hmm. round two. And we'll probably do round three at minimum. Oh, absolutely. Yes. A little, a little three-parter. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, round two, I guess for us, has been uh, since the end of April. And yeah. mm -hmm. if you're catching up on the cast, a lot has happened since April. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's get yeah. that. Let, let's, 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 let's just go on ahead and express our thoughts on that right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just three pretty simple words. Black Lives Matter. Yes. Absolute just, support. We are in full support. Um, mm -hmm. It's been an up. It's been a time of upheaval. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they tr a lot of states have been reopening. And gee, guess what's been happening? Second wave. Second yep. wave. It's 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 almost ludicrous. Mm -hmm. um, so. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, and then I, in Arkansas, it's bizarre because we never really, we never really went that deep into quarantine. So, hmm. yikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, uh, up here in Indiana, we, I, 
I was always paranoid that we opened too early and seeing as how cases are rising every single day mm. uh, and the governor is not really saying much about it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. to mention that mm. our little neck of the woods has been uh, in the news for reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you know, it's a good thing that um, my sender hasn't been in the news or anything. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're what now? My senator. Your senator. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's been a that's been a big deal. Guess he shouldn't have written that editorial. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so for the love of God, let's just talk about entertainment. Yeah, let's talk about escape. <laughs> let's just talk about escapism. Um, mm-hmm. And I figure I just kind of like the idea of going around the horn. So, mm-hmm. um, Zephyr, you've watched a ton of stuff. I just want to hear what you've been watching. Oh God, that that's gonna. Honestly, I feel better off being like the last part to okay. like the last person because it's if it's anything like last time, it's it's going to be a ride. So uh, y'all go first. Austin, would you like me to go first? Yes, you go first. Okay, I'm I can provide down. a natural segue to uh, Zephyr. Okay, so I finally saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. We've all Yay. seen Sonic. I also watched Sonic during this period. Yeah. I saw Sonic in the theaters. Ah, I almost did. But circumstances uh, circumstances shifted to where I couldn't. But that's okay. Got to see it. Uh, got to see it at home. And honestly, it's a nice, faithful little, little uh, adaptation of, like, the classic games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sonic. Like, I think that's I think that's most of what can be said about it. Like it's it's a nice little faithful adaptation, and honestly, I was happy with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, they, they had a lot of thi- they put in a lot of things that you wouldn't think would naturally be able to, like, because it's you know the original song is very simple. You just you know it's just going fast rings and uh, you know. Defeat the bosses by by uh, uh, doing a like stomping on them in a ball. <laughs> yep, and you get plenty of that in this. Yeah. So yeah, it's great, and I think that uh, who is it? Ben Schwartz. Yeah, does the voice. Yeah, I think he does a great job. Same He's, with Schwartz is great, and it, I uh, I mean he's someone that I've always thought was funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, Jim Carrey is at his most nineties, which also made me happy. My God, Jim Carrey! It is the most on fire he's been since nineteen ninety four mm-hmm. in terms of comedy. He is, he yeah. is. You can tell he's having a blast with it. Uh, mm-hmm. you can tell he's genuinely enjoying himself making it. Um, mm-hmm. He is giving everything he's got in it. I mean, I honestly, I think the film is worth seeing just for Carrie going so over the top. It is. Uh, because he just embraces how absurdly ridiculous the part is. He plays it as a cartoon and... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> as he should. It's it a very he, absurd character. 
he he's just fantastic in it. It is a joy to have this version of Carrie back, and it's nice to know he's still got it in him. Oh yeah. I of course you you got to bring up the much hyped the redesign, the fact that they had yeah. to do the redesign. He looks That's, great. It does look great. That is one of the things that I was trying to kind of picture throughout the movie. It was like, yeah, because it feels like they really kept, you know, because I would imagine that before people were wanting a redesign, they shot at least most of it. Um, I can't imagine that the script changed much. The, the script did not change at all. Um, yeah. What yeah. I understand is but, it's just that they did the redesign. Right. Which is good. It makes all the difference. And though it yeah. makes me, though it makes me wonder what the hell the character in the mid-credit scene would have looked like. Oh mm-hmm. God, no! Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I I would have to venture a guess that they hadn't quite gotten to him yet. Yeah, I would I would venture they hadn't. Yeah. Uh, and then and then when it was time to design him, they had the redesign to go off of. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean, all they did was just lift the straight, you know, version right. from the, the games. Right now, which is what they did ultimately with Sonic. I mean, because yeah. he does look good, and I just well, the guy that the guy that designed him was this, was the um, guy that designed the characters for Sonic Mania, which yeah. is mostly just classic Sonic. <laughs> Sonic Mania is amazing. I have gotten so much love for Sonic Mania. Um, so yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was mm-hmm. a time killer. Is the way that I describe it. Yeah, it's, it's, all it, it's a Sonic movie. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is it what it is. It ain't Super Mario yeah. Brothers, I'll put it that. Yeah. <laughs> what the ever-loving hell was that? Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. What else did you watch? What else? Oh, let's see. You watched uh, Space Force. How's that? <laughs> it is actually really funny. Uh, I think it takes a couple episodes to kind of get going, but after that, um, after that, it's really funny, and you just it just kind of goes. Um, yeah. It's. Um, I think like it's you can definitely see elements of the office in it. Uh, how can I describe it? Uh, it's a lot more. A lot more happens. Like a lot. It's a lot more yeah. dynamic than the office, um, just by nature of it. You know, going up in this space and uh, and uh, definitely a lot of jabs at the Trump administration, like the fact that every time that the Steve Carell character, pardon me, I need to mute my phone. Uh, every time the Steve Carell character. Uh, gets a message from the president. If you're paying close attention, you can tell it's it's just a Twitter DM. Mm. <laughs> yeah, little things like that, and of course, you know the the you know they'd never name him by name, but you you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the fact that you know the t- the president does all his major announcements by tweet, like by tweet, as far as they expect it. Uh, yeah. And beyond, you know, it doesn't, this show does not rely that heavily, as heavily as you'd think on that. It's just, 
it just really plays with the absurdity of the idea of a military branch in space. Yeah. <laughs> like a training exercise where it's like, oh yeah, so all the suits are designed to be um are designed to be like there's not much separating you from the the uh uh the ox like the oxygenless um atmosphere. So you're like on the moon, so uh your weapon will be like a pen knife. You have to puncture their suit any way you can. <laughs> As wow. training exercise, they all wear balloons. Wow. <laughs> Go out in the desert. Yeah, it's great. Lisa Kudrow's in it. She plays his wife, and like, there's a three-year gap between the opening and like when they've kind of established the Space Force. And uh, she ends up in prison for some reason. That character... And it's never ever explained why. That's a, that's that's that sounds entertaining. It's <laughs> funny. It's really funny. I highly recommend. It's ten episodes. It's pretty brisk watch. Yeah, uh, half hour each. And, oh, so uh, at the last uh, appearance of Fred Willard. Yes, it is. That's the other thing. Like I, I remember, like me and Tab watched it, and we, you know, he he's in there, and. Uh, like oh, oh Fred. <laughs> yeah, oh, what a yeah. what a great but career. He, he's funny in it. Of course he oh, is. Oh yeah, it's a nice it's a nice capper to his career. Uh, that's good. Like, that's good. That means that that character's going to have to have to uh, not be there next season. But I think they'll like have a natural just by what he plays. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. Anyway, yeah, Space Force was really good. I, I give it a solid recommend. Um, let's see, what else? What else did I watch? I know I, I'm relying on the chat here <laughs> because it's been a while and I can't think yeah. of what else. Um, I know Tavon and I watched a random uh, dystopian movie called The Platform. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, dystopia may not be the thing we're all seeking right now. No, I think Charlie Brook I think Charlie Booker uh came out and said that uh now is not the time for a season six of Black Mirror uh, Black Mirror because reality is already too bleak right now. You, you mentioned one in the chat that I wanted to actually get into, which was you said uh-huh. you watched the Cloverfield Paradox. I did watch the Cloverfield Paradox, finally. Like, I hadn't seen it, and I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. Uh, but, yeah, it has um, Chris O'Dowd in it, which I was Who's happy to see. Us. Yeah, and uh, it's a very it's a very nice, um, strange little movie. Uh, I, I think its only real weakness is that it has to be a Cloverfield movie. Yeah. Because they, they do kind of jam the references in. Yeah, I mean it's it's just like you know Ten Cloverfield Lane, and as far as uh, you can tell, that this was not originally designed to be a Cloverfield movie. Yeah, like you can kind of tell that they yeah, like all this. I'm sure all the stuff that's happening on the ground uh, was was, was put in there. That was yeah, and I. Yeah, and I felt that. Um, 
because it's like this really doesn't have much to do with the plot, if anything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that. Yeah, I have the same complaint actually. Like it wasn't that major because it's like yeah, of course it's it's you know Cloverfield tie-in, and of course it it um, not to give away the ending at all, but it a familiar face shows up. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it doesn't um, go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of maybe set up for a next one, maybe, possibly. But, but yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I dug it, so, though. I, I think it's yeah. worth a watch. It was. It was worth a watch. Anything? But anything anyway. Else? Yeah. Anything else? Well... Let me see here. Um, we're watching through more of Archer. Uh, yeah. We started Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, You're gonna uh, stop that. You're gonna want to stop that midway through. Just my advice. Yeah. Uh, Just midway they, through. The yeah. second they graduate, you get to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> because I went yeah, I know. back and rewatched it, and let me tell you, it falls completely apart after graduation. Oh man. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. There are there are maybe three great episodes after that, mm-hmm. and honestly, most of season five is pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like that's it. Season five is like a good epilogue season. Mm-hmm. There season four is un. Season four is unwatchable aside from Hush. Oh man, season yeah. four is unbelievably watchable. Yeah, watching and it also, mostly for, like, um, like I think I started watching season one a long time ago and like never got around to finishing it. And, but there's one episode, there's one specific episode I'm wanting to get to, and that's the musical one. I know that's a much later season. Yeah, yep, season um, six. That's season Which six. Season I thought, six so. is completely. Season six is so bad. I did an entire blog entry about it. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to see for I wanted to see for myself and yeah, you know, and you will. Yeah, but I'm telling you, when it goes off the rails, mm-hmm. it's it's just it's ugly. And I think the thing is, I think the show has some really disgusting sexual politics. Yeah, I think it yeah. has some of the most. You're agreeing with me, Zephyr? I'm think I'm definitely with the season six. Yeah, season six mm-hmm. is awful thing is the show is afraid of bisexuals mm-hmm. you're either all gay or all straight and apparently you can switch on and off at points in your life oh my is that um uh willow yeah willow gets yeah. the worst biphobia uh oh man you you can um and my god is the show about slut shaming this show oh, oh yeah it's oh god i honestly buffy is one of those things when I loved it, I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And what's wrong with it? It just, it, it grosses me out. Mm. I mean, I know we're having to wrestle with the fact that Joss Whedon has some pretty serious issues now. Yeah. But I mean, God, at least he has a few things that still hold up. This just isn't one of them. Yeah. It's funny that you uh, bring up Buffy because mm-hmm. I found out where Jenny Calendar's uh, actor is going to be. Oh yeah, I yeah, know where this is going. Film. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you say this because I know. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, this director, this local director that I've known for a while and have had mm-hmm. worked with twice, mm-hmm. uh, is doing uh, some kind of faith-based film in mm-hmm. regard to, like, I want to say immigration or something like that. And oh, I just Christ. found out today that uh, the actress who played Jenny Callender is in it. And I looked at her and I had to remind myself who she was mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because of the face. And I'm like, oh, so this is where she's going. She's insane <laughs> now. Like, she is an insane right wing activist. She's an insane oh. right wing activist. Oh, my. Yeah, okay. that's pretty disgusting. Because uh, the yeah. director has uh, not minced words on some things. Yeah, no, she. Yeah. <sighs> um, oh boy! <laughs> I almost feel like I have to point out that uh, Sir Michelle Geller's husband has uh, absolutely laid into bigoted Star Wars fans. If there's a happy thing that we can connect with the show, he's yeah. absolutely laid into <laughs> to bigoted Star Wars fans and gone. No, jackasses, I've talked to the people who are involved in this. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frey Prince Jr. is actually a pretty cool guy. Mm, good. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah, he, he seems like a cool-ass dude. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to bring up? Because uh, I've got a few things I'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Whoops. I think that's the bulk of it, unless I can think of something later. But, yeah, that's... Yeah. Well, okay, there is one. Um, okay. So yeah, we uh, we briefly um, tried a subscription to Shutter, the the horror uh, subscription service, and uh, it didn't end up keeping it, but got to check out what was on it. And uh, there's one that Tab showed me called Channel Zero. Uh huh. Heard of it? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. It's based. Yeah, based on creepy pastas. Uh, yeah. uh, the one it did is one of my favorites, uh, which is the Candle Cove uh, creepypasta yeah. story. And uh, they, they did a good job of that. They did a good job fleshing that out. I heard they did a good job with that one, yeah. Yeah, because everything they had of like the, the show within the story, um, anytime they show it, it's like, yep, that's exactly what I was picturing. And yeah. it's creepy as fuck. Yep. So, but anyway... Yeah, there's there's much not much to say about that one is, except it's a it's a good six episodes. Uh, yeah. And uh, I we didn't watch any more any of the other seasons, but yeah, this this worth a mention. I uh, I actually have a relatively small amount that I can shoot through. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I watched Solar Opposites for a commission. Um, yeah. And uh, I quite liked it. I quite liked it. Um, I think oh. it's a little too short at only eight episodes for a season. You can watch it yeah. at night. Mm-hmm. You can shoot through it in a night and you'll want to, cause it's quite funny. It's a little mm-hmm. too vulgar. I think that they could have cut like half the F bombs and made yeah. it much better. Like Bojack Horseman was famed for one to two a season. Yes. So that yeah. every time that it was dropped, you, you sat up you, and you noticed what was the context of it. felt it. Yes. Yeah, and it was always in a very lacerating sense. It's mm-hmm. never like some thrown out, okay, okay. You know, mm-hmm. and this, it's just, it's casual. It's like, 
every, you know, and a lot of them don't need to be there. But it is quite funny. Uh, Thomas Middleditch is really good in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin Roiland uh, is excellent in it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's 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 good. It's on Hulu. I recommend it. Mm -hmm. Um, One one thing I I will have to say. Because uh, Justin Roiland is also the creator of uh, Rick and Morty, right? Yeah. I I don't think he has... Uh, I think he has a bleak view of humanity. Yeah, yeah. And it really comes through in this. It really comes through in this. This is a pretty cynical show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Only seen the first couple episodes. But yeah, not bad. Yeah, it's, uh, there's that. Um, uh, I watched... Um... I'm trying to think. Amanda and I rewatched uh, Avatar. That's still great. Yeah. Um, the uh, blue Avatar or Arrowhead Avatar? Arrowhead. Arrowhead. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's great. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of, uh, I've also been listening to two audio dramas that are related, uh, the Wolverine uh, podcasts. I didn't mm-hmm. like the first one very much. I'm almost done with the second one, and I think it's brilliant. So that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. So there's and those are things you can be like they'll they'll be up on the website by the time that I'm done. Nice. Um, yes. One other thing, but let's see, what have I watched in terms of films? Well, first of all, I have to point out that the We Bear Bears movie, which I was really excited about, got delayed. Mm. Hmm. Um, it got delayed um, due to themes of police brutality. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So it got delayed to the end of the month. And we're recording this on June 10th. Mm-hmm. So 54321, it was up on Amazon for about an hour. It hit. Look, I've seen it already. I've seen yeah. it already. So I'm going to start off with that. Um, it's great. Yes. It's great. It's, it's, um, it's small. It's small. It's only 69 minutes, but it's effective. Mm-hmm. It gets in, it gets out, it tells its story. Uh, hmm. It's lovely. Good. Uh, we Good. do get to see the brothers meeting. We do get a flashback to their first meeting. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, I, saw, I saw it in the trailer. And that's adorable. That is adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Good. Good. If you like the show, you're going to enjoy the movie. There's not much really more to say beyond that. Um, uh, what else I've seen? This has not exactly been a very memorable month. I mean, I rewatched Captain Underpants at one point. That's just kind of the month it's been. Of course. Yeah. Which, I mean, that still kicks ass. Um, Mm -hmm. um, What I did watch, though, that I I thought was really interesting. That's the thing. Um, I didn't watch Justice League Dark Apocalypse War because I heard spoilers for it that made me not want to go near it. Mm. So I did not watch that. That's one that I skipped um, and will continue to skip. Um, so what did I want? Um, the one that I did watch, and it's one that Zephyr and I both watched, um, thankfully was good enough to really kind of excite me. Um, I watched, uh, The Vast of Night, which is on Amazon Prime, Mm -hmm. and which I think is one of those movies that, it's the kind of movie that really excites you about what, what film can be. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a small film. It's a very subtle film. Uh, it's done as like a mock episode of a TV show, hmm. like a mock Twilight Zone type episode. And that's kind of the whole thing that this is trying to do is it's trying to be a, like a lost 50s anthology show episode. Uh, yeah. It's very stagey. 
in the best way. Lots of long shots, lots of long tracking shots. There's one drone shot in the movie. I don't know yeah. how they did it. I don't know how they executed this shot. The movie mm-hmm. was shot for a million dollars. I want to know how they did this shot because Whoa. it is staggering. Um, mm. It's just a good, simple take on the UFO myth. The UFO mm. mono myth, as we know it in American culture, it's just a simple take on that. It's nothing shocking, nothing startling, but it's mm-hmm. just good. It's just really good. And it's creepy. It's got great atmosphere. The actors are incredible. Like watching this, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to be seeing these actors a lot in the future, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're incredible. Nice. In them. If you like this kind of thing, I highly recommend it. It's it's a good little thriller. And Zephyr, I know you watched it. Yes, I did. It's a uh, like a nice uh, blend of uh, close encounters with the uh, aesthetic of Super Eight, and as mm-hmm. well as uh, hmm. there was something that you did mention about how the Vast of Night uh, portrays how minorities were ignored at the yeah, time. Yeah, that's that's something that it's something that like. I don't know. I didn't expect to see it here, and it's really well handled. Hmm. Like, it's really well handled. Because it's set in New Mexico. So, Hmm. there's a healthy amount of that, and there's the idea that the U.S. government would deliberately have minorities working on these dangerous jobs because they were expendable. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a little bit more relevant than you would expect. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lord. But but I'm glad it's in there. Man, this is playing at some drive-ins right now. And if, yeah. it, if there's a drive-in theater that's playing this, oh, it would be amazing to watch at one. Wow. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, if you watch it on Amazon Prime, you're going to get a really good experience out of it. And as I said, the two main actors in it, it's like, okay, I'm going to be seeing these guys a lot. I'm going to be seeing these two a lot more. Mm -hmm. I I will be shocked if in five years it's not the case. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Have to check that out. I just, like, anticipation of uh, losing my job, I uh, canceled Amazon Prime. And then. When we were trying to find a movie the other day, we were trying to find the B-movie uh, Highway to Hell. Mm-hmm. And just because uh, my friend Peter and I caught a glimpse of it on uh, this local syndicated channel, I think called Kaboom? Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, like a digital channel. And they that's how Peter finds most of his, like, B movies, which Peter is cool. legendary at finding those types of movies. Um, but um, yeah, we were trying to find uh, find that, and uh, it's on Amazon Prime. So I'm just like, ah, well, still have a job at least for the next month, and you know, with uh, yeah. a tentative off of offer letter out there for another one. So I guess I'll reinstate it. The punchline to that is that, um, <laughs> you know, you go on there and it says, this movie is not available. Awesome. 
So so it was until recently, but that's okay because there's a lot of oh. stuff on Amazon Prime that. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have to add that to the list. Yeah. Yeah. Zephyr called it gentle in the chat, and I think that's a good description. It is a very gentle film. There's mm-hmm. one f bomb that was obviously put in there just to get it a PG thirteen. Right. Hmm. And and it's very out of place. Mm. I'm reading oh. the language pol- police today, so. Oh shit! Okay, what? I can't believe I overlooked. It's okay if I uh, if I do sure. another one real quick. Sure. I cannot believe I overlooked this one. A couple weeks ago, I saw Jojo Rabbit. How was that? Holy shit! <laughs> it is. Um, it's very funny. It's very sad and touching. Um, it is very sharp. It is a very sharp edged movie. Like it is not, you know, it is not just like what you'd expect. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we've seen this before. Like Nazis bad. Rah. It's a different take on it. Um, Good. Yeah. It's Good. it's a people are complex and. Uh, uh, there's a lot of there was there was a lot of brainwashing going on, like with just at the at the level of the German people, um, mm. and it's uh, like I, I I watched it twice. I watched it once with my parents and uh, once with my girlfriend, and um, second time you catch things that you didn't see the first time, and it's yeah. very interesting. And you can see it from a even more different perspective. Um, but yeah, have either of you seen it? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, it's so good. I don't want to give anything away. There is one uh, thing that made me think of it is there. It's a PG thirteen, so there's one really mm. well placed f bomb. Cool. <laughs> and last, and man, Taika Waititi. Mm. Watched an episode of Fly the. I just threw on Fly the Concords last night just because I like to do that every yeah. once in a while. And uh, Taika Waititi directed some episodes, yeah. which yeah, I'm not surprised. But yeah. it's just good to see his name in something uh, before he reached his huge success. I love that right now he's just got a mountain of work ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've seen some people say that, oh, great, he's going to go work at Star Wars and he's going to have his vision diluted. No, I don't they know think so. <laughs> for one thing, he's already worked for them. He's already yeah, worked for them. Yes. Uh, yeah, Mandalorian, which that's another mention. I finished that recently. He's, uh, and another thing, he's used to working with big franchises and he's kind of shown he can get his vision in no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok is pretty goddamn weird. <laughs> yeah, and that's one that it's the one Marvel movie that I'll throw on I'll happily throw on any day of the week. I never yeah. get tired of it. <laughs> so so Zephyr, you've got a mountain of films. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just shoot through them. Mm-hmm. Alright, so uh Ended up watching the, uh, well, since the uh, last recording, the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 live stream of Moon Zero Two. 
Cool. Um, the concept of riffing on a riff of... Well, let's stop that. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's not well executed. It's... Mm. Like, I yeah. could see what they were trying to do, but there was a lot of dead air, and it was more or less acknowledging that some jokes have aged well, some have not, or a simple yes or no, and it's like, this, this wasn't what I came here for, per se. Yeah. Hmm. It, it ended up being a rather disappointing experience. So, mm-hmm. wait a minute. They did a Mystery Science Theater riff on a Mystery Science Theater riff? Yes. Oh. Yes, the uh, uh, season one episode, uh, Moon Zero Two. Oh. That uh, seems like a weird concept. It was. That's weird. Like, there's there's only one other time I've seen something like that done. And, uh, you know, Paul and Storm, comedy musicians? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they did, on one of their albums, they did a, uh, like, a 50s parody thing called Shake Machine. And uh, on the album, which they have a, they do a bunch of weird experimental stuff on their albums anyway. But uh, on the album, they have a commentary for it where they just run a commentary over it, and then they have commentary two where they run a commentary over the original commentary. Wow. And it's funny for three minutes. <laughs> but yeah, I can see that for. But it's very distracting. Pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I finished the uh, Cube trilogy. Ooh, how's that? The last film, which is more or less the prequel to Cube, retroactively uh, destroys the what we thought was the autism representation in the first one. Lovely. Yeah. Well, like, that was nice. Like, the trilogy itself, they're not bad, like, B, B films. No. Mm-hmm. Because each one, it's a matter of, okay, you have all these people trapped inside this mysterious cube, and there are answers that are never given throughout the whole thing, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But... It... Some of it was disappointing, honestly. Because you have the... uh, (laughs) Like, it starts off with the first film being diverse, and then the second film, everyone is white as a sheet. Mm -hmm. And then the third one takes place in and outside the cube. Mm -hmm. So so you can kind of see how it all works. Sort of, but it it's it's a complicated relationship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, marriage story. Oh yeah, how's that? I mean, aside from the uh, meme-worthy scene that has right, spawned from the film, it Adam Driver. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a decent uh, film if you're familiar with Bombach's style of work, like with Francis. Which is why Pop. I'm not interested in watching it, honestly. Yeah, it. Some of it does get kind of damn pretentious. 
like, like okay, you, you know, Adam's dri- Adam Driver's character being constantly re- referred to as a genius, which, yeah, <laughs> honest trailers made fun of that, mm-hmm. and even without that, it's still annoying. Hmm. By the way, you know what in real life Bombach did as his equivalent of this of like okay in the movie he's working on a play or something right yeah mm-hmm. you know what he did in real life in the real life equivalent of this scenario oh god What's this that? is good this is gonna be hilarious do you know what job he re- he did to try and handle it to try and pay the cost of his divorce madagascar I... three. Oh. oh go boy. look at the writing credits Noah Baumbach wrote Madagascar 3. <laughs> oh my. To pay for his divorce. I, I'm allergic to Noah Baumbach. He angers me to no, just insensate. And honestly, it's the same thing with Wes Anderson. It's just, nope, Yeah. I'm allergic to you. <laughs> so that's when I'm going to probably be giving a good... Noah Baumbach just, works with Wes Anderson a lot, right? What's yeah, he, he did work with, uh, well, he and Wes worked together for uh, Squid and the Whale. Yeah, and then... Squid and the Whale. And we've covered the Life Aquatic on this cast, which Albert oh, yeah. and I, it's probably the most extreme we've ever been on, opposites <laughs> on true. a film. It's very true. Like, my yeah, my thing with uh, Wes Anderson, I love him. I love Wes Anderson. And I'm allergic. Like, I, I'm just finding that either you... Uh, there are no, there's no middle ground with him. Either you really yeah. dislike him, or you really like him. And I, uh, I like just, his his no. style. And honestly, I I get it. Uh, um, and I get why people like him. Yeah, yeah, I get why some people would not like that because uh, I could get how that that kind of style would get on somebody's nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like it. <laughs> yeah, and so, that's cool. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. but. I just think it's fascinating uh, that it's that he's such a divisive director for as um, for as low key as his tone is. <laughs> well, it's, but, it's it's something about the exact note that he hits. Um, yeah, just that just just the right frequency mm-hmm. to either be be loved or hated. <laughs> what else did you watch, Zephyr? Who killed Captain Alex? Mm. It is the, uh, uh, do you remember the, uh, Ugandan Knuckles meme from a few years yes. ago? Yeah. Uh, this film contains the phrase, Why are you running? No, uh, no. You know the way. You know the way. Oh. Yes, I know that was for a movie. That, this is that film. Huh. And it's, Honestly, just it's fun to watch. Cool, because it's this very low budget, uh, low budget action flick from from Africa, and the whole time it's going on, you have a like this running commentary over it. That's interesting. It hmm. it is an interesting concept and. It's pretty damn hilarious at times. I'm not gonna lie. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Nice to have something that I'm not familiar with that I can look up. I'm going to throw that on my list. Uh, the film is on Tubi as far as I'm okay. As far as I know, that's where I watched it initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Arctic dogs. Uh, no, let's, no, uh, let's just, let's just, let's just mm-hmm. yeah, that's all we need to say. Yeah. It, it's bad. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah. it's fucking bad. Uh, the fits. Now this one, uh, like the concept of the fits from, uh, 2015 is, a uh, is, a uh, this black girl wants to be on like this cheerleading team, except there's, there are things going on within, uh, this community center, this YMCA of sorts where all of the girls mysteriously come down with this illness that is never explained. Creepy. Yeah, it is Ooh. creepy. But mm. it's also a, like a testament on how how far are you willing to put your body through uh, through so much physical labor before you give up. Hmm. That That's one I do recommend as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the appointment. Okay. Uh, it's a 1991 uh, short film by Rich Cristiano, which is oh, essentially the, the ring for Christians before the ring ever happened. Oh. Oh, God. Hmm. That's a weird concept. Yes, well, it I'm, is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to not watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like this woman who's writing uh, anti-God uh, editorials for her paper is paid a visit by this mysterious stranger that tells her she's going to die in eight days. Hmm. And then we get, excuse me, we get to see her panic and see whether or not she will actually convert in the end. Mm. It it's weird, not gonna lie, because mm-hmm. I also so, watched uh, Thief in the Night. Ah, classic. That's what I need to watch. That's what I need to watch. So yeah, that not... one. Both of those are on Tubi. Yeah. So it's yeah. not so much um, um, you're going to die in eight days and then, oh, I got a race to figure out how I can not die. It's she's definitely going to die, but she has to figure out how she's going to use her time or whether she's going to uh, believe in God, etc. <laughs> exactly. That's okay. That, that's a premise. That's it, definitely a premise. That's a thing that's going to happen in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. Dear John. Let's forget about Dear John. It's... That's from the Nicholas Sparks book, right? <laughs> yes. Yep, we're already forgetting about it. Yep. Even the good movie hmm. based on a Nicholas Sparks book, I've forgotten by and large. Hmm. I don't yeah. even really remember which one that was, come to think of it. So. Um, 
Shockma. Oh yeah, I watched Shockma too. It's way too long. It is way too long for a film like that. It easily could have been pared down to half an hour, or or yeah. at least trimmed by half an hour, and still get the job done. Remember how how Chopping Mall was only seventy two minutes, and every minute of it was choice as a result. This could have been that if they had cut all the padding. Uh, Roddy McDowell's fun in it though. Oh yeah, he's yeah, fun. Only... But it, but he otherwise it's so padded and bloated. See, I've forgotten that that one was even on the agenda. Uh, it's so boring. Uh, do not recommend at all. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, basket hmm. case. Uh, lovingly uh, restored by the Museum of Modern Art. Somehow. Okay, uh, that's not something I saw coming. Yeah, neither did I until the uh, restoration credits came by, which I didn't even think there would be for a film like this, but... It's not exactly J.J. Abrams paying to get Phantasm restored. No. Which she did, by the way. I, I've got Phantasm in, in my queue at the moment. My girl. Mm-hmm. I dig it. I dig it. I couldn't. <laughs> I think you have to have seen it, though, at a certain age. Yeah. Uh, this is the the My Girl with the very young Macaulay Culkin, right? Yes. And the yeah. uh, Murder Hornets. Famously. Wait, Murder? They're bees. Murder bees. Murder bees, right. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one that uh, famously back in 1991, uh, the people marketing it uh, had a giant lump in their throats of, oh, God, what the hell do we do? Because it's like the good news. You got the film from Macaulay Culkin after Home Alone. The bad mm-hmm. news. Oh, my God, you've got this film. <laughs> what do you do? How do you market it? I don't even know how they marketed it. Hmm. I think it's cute. I think it's got some nice nostalgia to it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. One of the most unnecessary sequels ever, for certain. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen this the sequel. I know it's like, you know, a little older, like teenage years, but uh, I just remember at a young age thinking, well, Macaulay Culkin's definitely not in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they don't even they don't even try. Um, they don't. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they mention his character. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. There's, anyway, uh, there's a movie movie in which Stanley Donan, hang on, is that his name? Yes. Yes. Uh, does a double feature pastiche of a like a early forties boxing film, and then like a gigantic uh, musical film at the same time, with uh, like he'll he'll recycle the cast, which includes like uh, George C. Scott, uh, Red Buttons, Eli Wallach, Barry Boswick, 
George Burns is inexplicably thrown in at the beginning to explain what a double feature is. Yeah. Okay. I would it's think that would be really well done. It's it's rarely rarely seen, but it's honestly a, a film that should be given more love because of how Ooh. well it adheres to the tropes. Donan knew the tropes. He he directed the best of them. So. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I finally got around to the social network. Which is ah. genius. <laughs> Isn't it sad that that movie doesn't feel like it's aged a day in 10 years? Mm-hmm. It feels exactly as relevant as it did in 20... Now, it feels more relevant, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though the thing for, like, for me watching it, other than I really should get around to watching the social network, was seeing Brenda Song in it as a supporting character, which for my yeah. generation, she's mostly known as the ditzy hotel heiress on Disney's Sweet Life series. Mm-hmm. Mm. So to have her in a serious role let her, let alone a fincher film was like whoa and mm. also playing against type too yeah. or playing to type depending on how you look at it yeah mm. beautiful yeah um i uh, uh the social network we may come back around to that one at the end of the year i kind of want to cover that one at the end of the year oh, yeah. for its 10th actually... anniversary that's true. I've actually, um, I don't know, for the past little while, I've been kind of hankering to rewatch it. I own it. It's, it's, I just, I think it's genius. Um, just, I will say it's interesting to me that that was very famously, of course, the first movie that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross scored. My favorite story from that film is, uh, how, what's the guy, what's the Napster guy's name? Sean Parker? Yeah. Uh, like Justin Timberlake uh, tried to talk to Sean Parker about like how he should play him. Mm-hmm. Sean's like, man, I read the script, you know, because it it completely portrays him like an asshole. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, man, I read the script. That is so far from my personality that you can just play me how you like. <laughs> and Timberlake's great in the film. Timberlake is oh, fantastic is. in it. Oh, he is. What do you think of it, Zephyr? Because we've talked over it. Yeah. Uh, so, honestly, it's one of Fincher's best works. Yeah. Uh, Tim Timberlake easily turns in his best cinematic performance. Undeniable. And I've, you know, seen that there is talks of a potential sequel because obviously time material ample material mm-hmm. I hope we get one I, I'd like to, to see one centered on Gamergate and the 2016 election would be what it would have to be about of course obviously I, I, I think we need it um, uh, Phantom of the Paradise ah uh, uh, Beautiful. The Palm I love that movie. Absolutely wild to see mm-hmm. 
Paul Williams be a complete shithead. <laughs> yes. Because, like, I only know him for his work, like, his guest appearance on The Muppet Show and... Uh, right. Which he... Uh, of course, Punk's he wrote... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah he, he wrote most of, like, the 90s Muppet movie songs. Yeah, he wrote yeah he wrote Rainbow Connection. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and having uh, heard his music since, like his regular music since, I can hear it. <laughs> oh yeah, and of course he does the music for this film. I think that was how he got involved in the first place. Was they hired him to do the music, and they were like, "Well, you've got a crazy per, you've got a crazy presence." Uh, mm-hmm. He was just the villain in uh, some DC animated movie I watched. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I want to. Yeah, or, or yeah, he just did a voice in something. Uh, I forget what. Uh, I love that he's still active. I love that he's still around. Oh, oh yeah, he was very randomly in uh, Baby Driver. <laughs> Great. And uh, I think it was. It's like, Paul Williams, what are you doing here? Great to see you, man. <laughs> I think my favorite voice they've ever had in one of the DC animated movies is there's a child killer who uh, kills children and turns them into dolls. Mm-hmm. And it's this very warm, friendly voice. Mm-hmm. And you check at the end credits, and it's Alfred Yankovic is who they credit it as. Oh, my God. It's really? like, what? Which what? movie? Batman versus Robin. Find oh clips God. of it. It is amazing because you don't recognize him at all. Wow. But you see it and it's like, oh my God. Uh, that mm. was creepy. Yeah, that weirdo. Like, just hearing his voice and things, like, sometimes you can recognize him, sometimes absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, he hides it good in this one. Uh, it's really funny. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Stand clear of the closing doors. Hmm. Not familiar. Okay, it was. It's a mumblecore. Oh, my, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mumblecore autism. I'm so out. Oh my gosh. That incorporates Hurricane Sandy as it happens into the plot. Huh. And, like, it's just this kid wandering onto the subway and just riding it for a long time. And that's essentially it. Hurricane Sandy happens, he shows up at home, and then the film just fucking ends. Oh, I hate Mumblecore so... Oh, I hate Mumblecore. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. Is there a point to this movie? No. Is there uh, ever a point to Mumblecore? No. I'm not too familiar with Mumblecore. When you find out what it is, you um, it is Lena Dunham trust fund baby bullshit is the best way to describe it. Ah. Uh, well, dang. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Followed that with the Fruitvale Station. Oh. Uh, that's one we need to watch. We need to get around to that one. We were actually, there was one point where we actually we had it on We were going to do it. And, yeah, it and then just, we the just... The mode was too dark, and we chose to watch Dope instead. 
Yes, that's right. Which was a good, which was a good right. move on our part, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I don't regret that. Yeah. Yeah. How how was Fruitvale Station though? I've heard pretty brilliant about it. It it's a very solid, uh, very solid performance with uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Octavia Spencer shows up. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm always glad to see her in anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. As well as uh, Chad Michael Murray playing a playing a cop. Interesting. Yeah, it's a uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a uh, it's also on Tubi at the moment under mm-hmm. uh, their uh, solidarity. Uh, well, category. that's probably about the ideal film to have for this kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Which also, as a Stern aside, uh, fuck you to uh, Netflix for taking more than a week to establish a Black Lives Matter uh, category on your on your service when other <laughs> other streaming services eager eagerly got their shit together. But boy, mm-hmm. y'all couldn't wait to hype the help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that you know. The, there's a movie that you know must be good if most of the cast has disowned it. <laughs> That's yeah. completely true. Um, I know really? at, the very, at the very least, Viola Davis and Bryce Dallas Howard have come out and said, please do not watch this film. Mm, man. <sighs> yeah. You know. And when you I've, consider that... Yeah, over the last oh, 10 years it's been out, uh, I see it everywhere as far as like people quoting it and you know uh, holding it up as an example. Uh, and uh, there's there's a person at work who has uh, the help quoted. Uh, all I could think is, oh man, please watch <laughs> something else. White people solve racism. Okay, <laughs> watch the uh, watch the Seth Meyers. Uh, white savior fake trailer. Watch yes, that. That that oh. was brilliant. That oh was juicy. Uh, Seth Meyers quietly has been really good about just throwing fists. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's yeah. a good wow. one. He's a good mm-hmm. one. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, for the love of God, please be watching John Oliver right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, he I recently mean, did a bit on his show that's. I mean, you should always be doing that. You should always, mm-hmm. always be doing that. Um, yeah. But especially. Now, uh, what else did you watch, Zephyr? Because you watched one that I'm really dying to talk about, actually. Well, I've, I've got several several more. Uh, mm-hmm. I rewatched The Tree of Life and had to go lay down and cry for a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little too raw, isn't it? Yeah. I, I well, not so much raw. It, it was just a matter of things just being overwhelming at, at the mm. scope of what this film is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Watched uh, Big Money Hustlers. The uh, Oh, an art film. Yes. <laughs> art film, yes. Yes, a Dolomite movie. Okay. 
Yeah, the uh, insane clown posse movie that tries to be a pastiche on uh, 70s black exploitation films. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned earlier about how Solar Opposites was vulgar and how half the fucks could have been cut out and be just fine. Um, well, this is an insane clown <laughs> posse, so do we even need to say 75% of them could be cut out? <laughs> it started off not that bad, but then as it went on, it just got worse and worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty accurate. Hmm. It it could have been a nice, well-done pastiche, but it just fell by the wayside so damn hard. Ouch. Uh, let's see. Oh, Aladdin. Yeah, I'm going to get that one. one. I'm getting... Nope. The oh, 90s. Oh, oh, the, right. the one that Rift Tracks just did. Yes. Uh, we're gonna get, I'm gonna watch that one soon, so Yeah. I yeah, I watched the, the thing unrift and it mm-hmm. there were choices made. Mm-hmm. And digging into research of you know, involving the film and the people that put it on, there is actual recorded footage of a different production of this version of Aladdin, which you can still buy the script for mm-hmm. or okay. your local theater, along with other like fairy tale mashups. All right. But mm-hmm. it's a fascinating, bad film that we should be looking at more and more in terms of how and why does this exist. That's uh, that. That's one that I did watch was uh, Suburban Sasquatch. I did watch that. Um, <laughs> the the Rift Tracks guys have really been finding a lot of these gems that like got lost, and I'm enjoying that. Oh God! Dang. Uh, bamboozled. That's the one I was uh... talking about. Yes, Bamboozled. That you all need to watch Bamboozled. I have seen it now. I have mm-hmm. seen it. It's brilliant. It is. It's a very. Uh, it's a gut punch of a movie. Yeah. It's why we need Spike Lee to just keep being Spike Lee because yeah. it's. I think it's the best work Damon Wayans has ever gotten to do. Yeah, by far. I think, um, I think the most. The thing that's it's been a little over a decade since I've seen that, um, maybe less. But the one thing that sticks out to me in that movie was they're talking about uh, how blackface was traditionally applied in its heyday, and uh, that's how they did it. And it's, they said it's burnt cork. So throughout the entire, re- they only mention it once. And uh, throughout the entire rest of the movie, as they're doing the performances, all I could smell was burnt cork, and it felt apt because it's just yeah. very unpleasant. <laughs> oh yeah, it 
it absolutely is unpleasant, and you mm-hmm. should feel. You sh- yeah, you should feel uncomfortable watching. The choice that. to shoot it digital at a point where digital really didn't look at all remotely ready for screen mm-hmm. was a really brilliant choice because mm-hmm. it just it's uncanny valley. It well, makes it, you. It, it's a mix of digital and film since the yeah. uh, the live performances were shot beautifully on film. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's the dig- it's just the digital stuff that sticks out to me is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's I think it's one of Lee's strongest scripts by far. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I love that he got Michael Rappaport in there to mm-hmm. basically make fun of himself, and Rappaport was not in on the joke. Oh, yeah. How so? Well, I mean, Rappaport is trying to play this guy who's like, "Look, I'm blacker than you," which if you ever go on his Twitter feed, that's exactly the shit that he says. Really, it's like I'm into the I'm in tune with the black culture and you're not. Oh my god! Spike Lee has this unerring ability to get the people that he has warred with to actually be in his stuff, or the people that he wants to criticize to be in his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he did that with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Really, he's he's. Lee is, and I think it comes down, and of course, he was probably able to do it by, you know, the fact they have a mutual collaborator. Right. Uh, But Lee's really good at getting people in Hollywood to hang themselves with their own rope. He's good at that. What? Yeah. When did uh, Quentin Tarantino and Spike Lee work together? Uh, 96. Girl 6. Girl 6. Of course, it was also before Jackie Brown, so maybe he didn't hate him as much then. Right. Right, yeah. That was well, where he... I think Spike Lee also lambasted Django. Yeah, which if I remember right, I love Django, but he's mm-hmm. not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah, you could have cut. You could have cut half of that, man. I'm, I'm just saying, you could cut half those <laughs> references. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Because we are kind of going against time. We, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll just breeze through it. Uh, Mondo Kane one and two, skip those because they're classics. But you should skip them because you know. Yeah, it's just look how weird other cultures are. Oh, that's racist as shit! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Historical. Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter. (laughs) How was that? Uh. Well, it came out way before uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, mm-hmm. did. Uh, it's uh, Jesus being, you know, here to kick ass. Hmm. I and, remember uh, seeing the trailer for that a long time ago and going, oh my god, I want to see this, but I never got around to it. Yeah, that one is on <laughs> Tubi as well. It, uh, ah, nice. It, uh, it shows a, a very uh, gay-friendly Jesus. Which mm-hmm. we don't see a lot of in America. <laughs> no. Um. Let's see. There was a uh, Virgin Suicides. Finally got around to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, really solid performance or debut by Sofia Coppola. Mm-hmm. Really a good performance by uh, James Woods. As much as you hate him. Much you hate him, he is talented. 
Yes, mm-hmm. very talented. Uh, the one thing that did take me out of the Virgin Suicides was having Josh Hartnett being a secondary character of sorts in the film, and uh, aka the uh, whale half of Mozart in the whale. Mm-hmm. We uh, we were smart to decide that was never an investment we wanted to make. I'm just gonna say uh, we were. Well- we- yeah, we were smart on that one. Yeah. Uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Could have mm-hmm. done a lot more, honestly. It's the sequel. that I, That's the one that everybody... To me, the sequel is the one everyone thinks of when they think of that movie. Because the sequel is the one that's batshit insane. Okay. <laughs> uh, Parting Glances, a.k.a. Baby Steve Buscemi's first uh, leading role of sorts yeah. where he plays mm-hmm. a man with AIDS way before Tom Hanks ever did in Philadelphia. Hmm. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Very legendary film in uh, gay cinema. Yes. Oh, very much so. Uh, let's see. There was a also rewatched my beautiful laundrette, which obviously doesn't also, hurt. Also legendary Zephyr. What you're making me think is that, uh, this is a good chi- good chance to recommend Vito Russo's The Celluloid Closet, which is such a brilliant piece of writing. I uh, I own the book. I've read it front to back. I've seen the documentary. It's it's genius. I, I think it it's, is. Like there's I, there are a few things with the Russo that I don't necessarily see eye to eye. On. Yeah, which is how it's going to work. But. It absolutely needed to be made. Yeah. And I think it needs an, uh, it desperately needs more than an update. It needs a sequel. It needs, because, I mean, I think there's, you know, I'm always searching for these books. I'm always searching for these kinds of texts. And there's just, some of the books that have been written on homosexuality in Hollywood are just embarrassing, to be blunt. Yeah, uh, I read one that was nothing more than a gossip sheet of, well, here's who's gay. And it, like that was the entire point of the book was the writer trying to goad these people into naming names. It's like this is embarrassing. Um, we can bring all this up, though, in the next podcast. Let's let's just. Oh, yes. But, as yeah. well as uh, that story, which is honestly better suited for next week. We'll, we'll do that yes. for next week because we will record next week for sure. Oh, yeah. <sighs> But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Ringing Bell, which is basically Sanrio's version of Watership Down, made two years earlier, and it's actually a really good film about the futility of revenge and hatred. Cool, cool. It it's on Prime. It's less than an hour, but yeah, it gets the job done. Cool. Uh, let's see. Watch Lady Bird and Honey Boy this morning. How were those? Uh, Lady Bird is really good, but I kind of like The Edge of Seventeen more. Yeah, because I, I haven't seen Lady Bird. I have seen Edge of Seventeen, which is brilliant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. I would love to see more films set in in a Catholic high school that really show, you know, 
nobody's a saint there. But I don't know. Parts of it just parts of it did not click with me. Like they, it's one of those things where you could kind of feel like the author sort of intruding on the script and trying to create like make this world seem. Well, Greta Gerwig is a, a, a pupil of Noah Baumbach. Oh, so. I know that. I I've seen Francis Ha, and yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, so I'm not surprised that she would pick up some of her partner's issues. Yeah, but she was. It, it's not a bad film. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it entirely. I, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it eventually because I, I love Ronan. I'll watch her in anything. Oddly enough, I'll tell you what I want to see Ronan do that she has not done yet. I want to see her do a good raunchy comedy. And that might seem out of left field, but if you watch her SNL appearance, she's really, really good at this kind of thing. And right now, she's just getting parts that are too good for for her to get the chance to do it. Oh, yeah. Which is weird because, you know, she's in that bizarre position where it's like, she's actually getting the work that she deserves. It's just maybe she could stand to do something a little less good because she'd be really good at it. Uh, she plays a like really slutty white trash uh, southerner in one sketch, and she's so natural at it that you're like, what? Also, fun fact, she made a cameo on SNL by accident uh, many years before she hosted. Oh, beautiful. This is a this is a true thing. You can go back and watch this episode. Um, in one of the sketches, they go to in, they go into the audience, and you can recognize her immediately. Um, it's I think it was just after Atonement, and you can recognize her immediately. And people have gone in and done the research and looked up the guy that she was sitting next to, and sure as shit, that's her dad. So yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool to spot. And I think she's even confirmed that, yeah, that was her. But that's that's cool as shit. And, uh, yeah. And then uh, Honey Boy is also very good. I, I expect Shia LaBeouf is one of those guys. I've never gotten the hatred for him. I He's a weird guy. He's got some clear issues. But he's a cool-ass dude. He's obviously talented. And I, I want to see that. And I know this was very much him working through his issues. Oh, very much so. You can tell. It, but it's just done. It it hurts. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It it will hurt to watch, but at the end, you get it. Pardon me? I can't help but wonder if maybe there's a benefit to guys like Shia LaBeouf and Pete Davidson going in and making movies where they just directly fight their trauma on screen. Because uh, I'm hearing that's what happened with King of Staten Island is Davidson went in and just directly confronted his traumas in a movie. I've been curious about that movie. Reviews uh, are fantastic. Reviews are fantastic. Are okay. And it's that's by all accounts, Avatar, right? Yeah. And by all accounts, yeah. it's Davidson coming out and really saying, yeah, he's got the star quality. And of course, the thing that mm-hmm. I think is interesting is they change uh, his father's death in the movie because... Mm. In reality, it was pretty dramatic. His dad died in 9-11. Oh, wow. And they make it a random fire in this one. Hmm. Um, interestingly enough, one of Davidson's co-stars in the film, 
worked at 9-11 as a firefighter. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Steve Buscemi. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And he got pissed when people tried to take his photos. Yeah. He was he like, did, I'm not... He, he was didn't not, want photo op, no. No, he was doing it because he was an area firefighter who had experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. So, Zephyr, if you got anything else... Uh, I mean, not not particularly. It's just going to be <sighs> gathering up for another round. Although I yep. will say I have crossed uh, the 365 film threshold. Yep, mm-hmm. and you got there. I mean, there you go. yay! <laughs> thank you, coronavirus. You done it. <laughs> You're um, helping me achieve my dreams. So next week, next week we're gonna have some. Next week, next week's gonna be interesting because next week's gonna be our Pride Month episode. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's the note to go out on. Is next month, next month we're finding our pride. Yes, yes, and I can't wait. We've got some really good films we're gonna highlight. Um, at least one Best Picture winner will be brought up by me in a favorable light. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. So. Till next week. Yep. Till next week. Bye, yep. everybody. Bye. Stay safe out there. Yep.